Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. My guest, Tim, came on the show to discuss a lot of aspects of his sex life, his marriage, and his relationships outside of that. We talked about pegging, rimming, and basically all things anal play, non-monogamy, amateur porn, BDSM, and so much more. Look, I've said on my show before that I do not believe that monogamy is the only way to structure a relationship. So if you are a monogamous person... I would simply encourage you to approach this episode with an open mind. I am not here to judge how anyone lives their lives. I am simply here as a facilitator for honest conversations about what we actually do in the world when it comes to sexual expression and gratification. Let me know what you think about this conversation with Tim. You can email me, Kristen, at openthedoorscoaching.com or DM me on any of my social media channels but I think you'll enjoy this conversation as it really is an honest and unique look at what it's like to find fulfillment for something that you really enjoy when your partner simply isn't into it. Enjoy the show. On today's episode of Keep Them Coming, I'm joined by Tim. I put out a post on Instagram about pegging. And a couple people reached out, and one was local. So I just did my thing and asked, like, hey, you want to be on my show? And here you are. So, Tim, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, here I am. I was just, uh, I saw your post and said, hey, yeah, that's me. I've done that. It's the best. Um, (laughs) It's, you know, I think more men should probably like it. And if they don't, that sucks. But I think there's a stigma with women, too, though, that they're scared to try that. Or, you know, they've only been with the macho men type that, won't let that happen. Mm-hmm. They're like, so. absolutely no way. Yeah. yeah, that makes you gay. <laughs> so let's let's take a step of explaining a little bit about pegging to the audience. So it is a female with a strap-on penetrating her male partner. Yep. 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 So. Butt-fucking. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, and yeah, you brought up a very important point that a lot of men are often afraid of it, um, because they think that it says something about their sexuality. Yeah. What I think anytime you box yourself into anything that you're just limiting awesome stuff, why would you do that? If you say like, I don't like to do this, but I've never tried it. I mean, you've literally just eliminated all kinds of possibilities of fun. And it's just a hole. It feels good to put things in there, whether you're male or female. Yeah. And actually, I mean, you can men orgasm that way. Mm-hmm. And it's way, it's super intense. It'll change your life. Yes. I mean, anyone that has seen Road Trip should know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two fingers help uh, stimulate the prostate well, and, and make yeah. that intense orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> any, any, anybody should try it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just the tip. I... Okay, so I um, have had lots of partners, but I have only had one that wanted me to peg him. And we worked up to it. It wasn't like our first encounter. Yeah. He, you know, he kind of tested the waters at first, like seeing how comfortable I was with him even sharing that he wanted to be pegged. Uh, and then we talked about it a while. It was just kind of fantasy. And then he finally came over one time and had had a toy like mm-hmm. he went to Cirilla's and bought a, a toy for us it was actually like double-ended and I was like I I don't have anything to clean this like I, I don't have any rubbing alcohol like I could use hand soap I don't like doing that I don't have the right soap like I don't have a toy cleaner and he was like fuck I'm like wait and I appreciate you did this so you turn but around like, and go no no and... we just had like yeah, straight yeah. up you know intercourse but then the next time, you know, I did go buy some cleaner and we were, we were ready for there it. But, go. uh, yeah, I got to do that a few times with him. So that was, it was an interesting experience. I, I wanted to keep doing it, but we just, you know, he, he had been a long-term partner, but we were just kind of already falling off, like, yeah. you know, being regular anyway. And so, eh, 
Hope hope he found a lovely lady to help him with that. Yeah, I mean, if but, it, if it works out, you know, eventually it'll just get stale if not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had other partners since talk about it as a fantasy, but uh, never work out, and I don't I don't actually own anything to um, make that happen for just someone that wants to come over and try it. So, disclaimer. Anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I have a cold. So if I cough or I sniffle on this show, sorry about that. So, well, tell me a little bit more about when you first started exploring anal play and pegging and things like that. When I was 18, my girlfriend at the time, and I think it was just small toys or finger. And actually that, look, if I recall, she even would make comments in a, it was a horrible 18 year old relationship, obviously, mm-hmm. but would make comments like call me gay or something like that, even though it was like her idea. So that kind of created uh, an instant mm-hmm. kind of guard for me against like letting people in on that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shame it, on her. I know what a, she was, she's still kind of nuts, mm-hmm. but she, uh, obviously opened the door and, and once you go through a door, you don't go back the other mm-hmm. way to like more normal traditional boring stuff yeah mm-hmm. vanilla stuff so it's like oh shit now what door can i go through mm-hmm. so yeah just kind of escalated from there over the years it took me a while to get comfortable in it i would say probably almost 10 years to like accept and be you know cool with people whatever anybody has to say you know mm-hmm. i don't it doesn't really bother me did you did you do a lot of self exploration oh, with yeah. like fingers toys? Can you tell me a little um, bit about that? Because well, there, yes. like you say, there's a lot of guys out there that are afraid of this. So um, I tell them like just start off like it's just like with masturbation with women. You just start off with something like slow and easy, like a finger. Yeah, get some just lube and out. yeah, yeah. You don't even have to put your finger in. <laughs> or get a little toy like go, well, or you can order things off the internet. Anything. Yeah, I would say go to a massage parlor, but I probably shouldn't no. tell people to do that. <laughs> well, some states that's legal. Yeah, so, go wherever you know, it's legal and try that. I can't like uh, exactly pinpoint when or where. I've always, I mean, I've been doing that like my whole life, I feel like. So, you know, I, I'm sure. Yeah, actually, I have. I've uh, used toys and things like that with my by myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, how else are you supposed to know if you can take a giant fake dick? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> So that, that was also part of the problem with the toy that my partner purchased is that it, it was, was fine a, for me, but for him, yeah, dick. it was pretty large for his first time. And I was, Oh, he had never done it. No, <laughs> like, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I mean, he'd, I think done some toys on his own, but I don't think anything of this yeah. size. Well, it's more intense. I don't want to say it was like a gigantic, like, <laughs> destroyer, um, but it was definitely probably... Little uncomfortable, much. <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable for his first time, despite the amount of lube we used. He felt like I didn't. He didn't even get to finish. He was like, "I think I'm done." I was like, "Oh yeah, then it was too much." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pussy. He took it again. <laughs> <laughs> he took it the second time pretty well, but uh, that's pretty funny. I should have kept that toy. Damn it. Yeah. He, uh, you still have that? No, <laughs> I don't. Like I say, I don't. I, like I said, I don't have anything. I should. No, I'm it, saying him. Give him a call. Hey, him, yeah, buddy. Yeah, actually, it wasn't my favorite. There's, there's other ones out there that I think have better designs. I think the strap-on. I haven't uh, had anybody use the. I've actually had one person use an actual strap-on, mm. but I could see the the double-ended one being like difficult to work this with. This one in particular, yeah, and the straps were kind of um, cheap, so. Yeah, like everything matters. Like you pay for quality, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a reason why those leather yeah, harnesses. The hard plastic and this was like, I don't know, vinyl rope, like mm-hmm. just straps. So it kind of was chafing a little bit. And, they have some that are like mm-hmm. shorts. Mm-hmm. I've seen those. Uh, a friend of mine here in town has actually designed a harness. Um, it's designed to be worn by women, um, but for male or you know female pleasure you know it doesn't matter what their partner is but there's something specific about the design of how you put various toys into this harness so she's working on her design right now i hope to have her on my show soon well, that's exciting right i think that's you know how awesome horny you have to be to design that <laughs> she's like this harness just fucking sucks yeah uh, but um yeah so i don't know i i'm working on building up my collection but uh, just yeah, haven't have haven't added that wall. yet. <laughs> uh, I actually have like an IKEA bed, so I have drawers underneath. Oh, there you go. 
Um, in fact, my my parents were watching my cats a couple weekends ago, and my dad was saying like one cat he couldn't find, and I was like, "Do not look under my bed." He's like, "Your mom already told me about that." So. <laughs> Because <laughs> I had told my mom once before, like, do not look under my fucking bed. It'd be worse it. if dad did, though. My dad is honestly a little bit more open sexually oh. than my mom. Um, I I feel like like when I talk to my mom about stuff, she's like, oh, okay, yay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes she just sits there and listens and nods, whereas my dad will actually have a conversation about dating and sex and relationships with me, so... He's the one that's been the lifetime Playboy subscriber, so yeah, <laughs> he's a little bit more open-minded. Um, anyway, so it sounds like you have been adventurous for a long time, which it's not uh, it's not uncommon from you know eighteen, nineteen years old to start, you know, looking at into things that you might that for others might remain a fantasy for a long mm-hmm. time. So, what would you say to encourage guys to just how can they be more open-minded when it comes to anal play and why should they be more open-minded when it comes to it? Well, I would say why should they is why not? You know, I mean, what do you, if you might, enough, you might yes. not like it, you know, I mean, that's okay too. If a lot of people don't like stuff, but how do you know if you don't try, mm-hmm. um, and find somebody that's not going to be weird about it, you know, or find somebody that's maybe, or talk to somebody that's done it and they can introduce you. A lot of the things that I ever tried was with older women, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes much older women, which was honestly way better because they knew what they were doing and knew what they wanted. And I just kind of would ride with it, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Older women do know what they like and they do know how to, um, well, and do you have to properly. learn as a guy, if you're with older <laughs> women and you're 18, 21, something like that, you can't just lay there. So you have to bring your A game and learn how to please a woman, you know, as opposed to just like humping to get yourself off, which is from what I hear pretty popular. Oh, trust me. There's definitely some you know, people in their 30s who still think it's just about um, the male orgasm. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah. To me, if, like, if the actual intercourse part is just going to be about one position, you better have a lot of good foreplay. But at the same time, it's also pretty middle. boring. Like, you if you know that middle. you're going to go for like two minutes, you better just stop yourself, do something else in between, and then go back. Anyway. Yeah. No, Sorry, 100%. Judging. You have to, you have to, especially, uh, that's actually how I learned to, to like stop in the middle and it was because I felt like I was going to go too fast. So you got to stop, do your thing, do whatever. Change a position. Go down, you know. Yeah, pussy. go back to oral. Yeah, all of the things. Absolutely. Like, I, And then, you know, revisit the rest in another position or whatever. Or, you know, you get to that point where everybody's tired. You go get a wa- some water, mm-hmm. take a break, talk, laugh. And then, you know, yes. those are the best times I feel like. Yes, agree. That's also agreed. why I can't have casual sex with partners that I don't really have any sort of connection with. Because, like, I really do think that that stuff is the best. Like, when you're, you don't feel weird, mm-hmm. you know, to be, like, yourself and laugh and talk and whatever. Yeah. You know, because, well, in casual sex with random partners is, like, it's literally, like, sex with no talking. It's always awkward. Like, not great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when I... You know, I'm just dating. I've been single for four years. And even when I have sex with a new partner, it's it's not it's not about whether or not it's the first date, but it's not like I just have people come over and we have sex. It's we we there is a build up. There is phone conversations, texting, there is, you know, going out to dinner, drinks, things like that. Um and build it, rapport. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You gotta sell me on why you mm-hmm. wanna get in my pants. <laughs> um, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um but I try to have the conversation about sex before I have sex with people because to. otherwise you get into the bedroom and you're just like, uh, uh what do you like? What do you want? Well, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so much more fun to have the build up talking about what you enjoy, what you like, what you want, what you don't want. Um, as a, and use that as a form of foreplay. And if you're into like alternative type things, mm-hmm. it's very much so in your benefit to d- discuss it before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the way that you will feel if they aren't into what you like is awful. Oh, absolutely. You will feel like a freaking loser and an idiot. So it's much better just to like, even if it's or like there's... you said, laying out hints mm-hmm. and things because people are mean, like 
people are hateful. You know, so that guy could have said, well, hey, I want you to fuck me with a strap on. And then, you know, a mean chick could have been like, you're a freaking queer, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, that's happened to me. So, you know, you have to kind of guard your guard your own fantasies and guard your energy. Because so many people still hold taboos and judgments about sexuality. Or they'll just use it as a way to hurt you if maybe, we some, you know, if you guys didn't see goes, eye to eye. Yeah, something doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just like men, if, if, if a female like sleeps with a man, then a guy can just say, well, you're just a whore, you know, as soon as the as first chance they get when an argument happens, so. Yeah, I've been lucky not had that happen, but I definitely have had some friends who have had that yeah, happen. Yeah, I mean, people like, are... calling them names just because they slept with them, like, on the third, second, even first date. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you sleep together. Like, you don't have the right to call somebody... Yeah, there's no reason A to. woman, a whore, just because she enjoys her sexuality. Yeah. And was willing to express it with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's that make you too, dude? <laughs> yeah, a John. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bingo. Bingo. So, pegging an anal play is not something that you, I mean, you share with me through, like, you know, when we were talking about this on Messenger, that this is not something that your wife wants to participate in. Yeah, it's not her thing. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't, you can't force uh, that sort of stuff on somebody. This is true. This may sound weird, but I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure I want that as a part of it because there's certain, there's like a certain level of like filth that I like to enjoy that I don't have to look at at dinner. Does that make sense? (laughs) Like, I don't mean to sound like a jerk. Like, I'm not Uh. saying like, I want to like just randomly have sex with chicks at all, but like there's like a certain level of weird that I don't just want to like be reminded. You don't want to have it at, at breakfast or whatever. So I am, I am not someone who thinks that monogamy is the only answer I have said on this show Preach. before. And to anyone listening who may have not listened to me before, like monogamy is not the only way. Um, it is up to every couple to decide how they structure their relationship. Um, for me, monogamy's never worked, so I don't know if I'll ever have a monogamous relationship again. But I see other people out there who have it and make it work, and it's fine. Other people who are polyamorous, and it's great, Who and people who are polyamorous, and it's going terrible. It's not about the relationship structure. It is about the communication and mm-hmm. the honesty and setting expectations. Ah, uh, communication is key. Yes. So how did you... Decide that this was something that you're like, you know, I, I love you. I love my life, but I have these needs. I have like, a boner. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's just like, like you just realize um, that, hey, you know, I know that things that we've been through, you know, it, our sexual relationship may not be, you know, where I'd like it to be. And you may not even care if we have one. But at some point, I, I am going to need sex. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, like, make a big deal about it. I didn't make it a fight or anything like that. I just, you know, I'm going to need sex at some point. Because you've not had a sexual relationship since your last child was born, really, right? Yeah, not much. I mean, not just, much and that was, one. like, four years. Yeah. Nothing, I mean, there's not a great sexual connection. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, it feels like, like, once sex starts, it's like, God, can he hurry up? <laughs> you know, which... It is what it is. Uh, and I, she's not a bad person or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. You know, I personally can't just live. I don't enjoy just like having sex to get off. Like I would rather have sex for like an hour and a half of, you know, all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. than just 10 minutes of me coming. Cause I can jerk off just it's not, fine. So it's not just about your orgasm. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. actually like that's honestly, if you really think about it, that's like the, that's the suckiest part about sex because then it's over, like, for the most part. Yep, I yep. mean, I'm going to need to rest for a while and all that, and then I'm probably just going to fall asleep. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is better to me than the actual orgasm. Mm-hmm. It's about the journey. Yes. Agreed. I'm with you 100% on that one. Yeah. Um, so it's open-ish is what it sounds like. Yeah, open-ish. Yeah. yeah. I don't ask. Uh huh. I might ask for forgiveness later, but I don't ask first. So, what is that conversation like? When you, so it sounds like it happens more organically. You said that you're not you're not on dating apps. Yeah, I don't go seek things. Um, I had before. I mm-hmm. had been on FetLife or whatever, 
And this just too much drama. Like, there's just too much. There's a lot of emotionally damaged people out there, you know, um, that are like looking for that magic, whatever. And maybe that's me too. But it, I'm not here to like, you know, save your soul or anything. So yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just trying to get laid here, not deal with all this problems. But I didn't enjoy like the drama that could come from those things, you know, mm-hmm. especially when I lay out like my situation and here's what it is. And like, we aren't going to be, you know, moving in together or dating or anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can be cool, have lunch and all that. And I, I might develop feelings for you, but like that will be like the extent of it, you know, mm-hmm. has its compartment. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I have to be mature enough too to understand that I can't stop that person from going and fulfilling their other needs, mm-hmm. you know? And if that means that, oh, I found somebody I'm dating or whatever, or I'm having another part, it's fine. It has to be fine. It can't not be fine, mm-hmm. which isn't always easy. You know, you just, you do have to like be real with yourself. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's complicated it is. when you're open-ish or uh, doing it's the all ethical non-monogamy. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Anytime you're intertwining your life and your energy with another person, I mean, even as a single person, I, I'm cautious about who I, who I take home or who I go home with. Yeah, there's a lot. Like you say, I, when you say there's a lot of emotionally damaged people out there, like yeah, there's there's some people out there that could seriously um, use some support and do the work. Yeah, that's part um, of it too. Is there's it, some really awesome and amazing, beautiful people out there too. But yeah, there's times where like. I will start talking to someone online or I'll meet them in person. And if there's a fleeting interest, then I'll kind of try to step back and analyze them a little bit and read them, mm-hmm. you know? And as soon as I read the, you know, oop, there's the, yep, the red flags. There we go. Okay. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for showing those. I appreciate that. I feel like if you do any, any personal development, it can, it's like in your best service to like take a look at your sex life and take a look at like your relationship as well, you know, with yourself and and really like apply that to that also whether you know business personal development whatever sexual it's all the same mm-hmm. it really is it's all the same work and it does take work and it does take accountability and openness to yourself and you know being willing to admit like this is who i am and it is what it is and and you know don't beat yourself up over it it's okay yeah. it's it, it's okay like authenticity is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that that does take work and it takes commitment. And I think it takes freedom though. It's so nice. It really is. You know, I don't look like a guy that would say, Hey, fuck me in the ass. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I look like that, but I mean, what does that look like? I guess, you know, that just shows like our, our, you know, mental view on things is, is kind of fucked up, but yeah, you know, it's okay it to... Show, you never know what people are into. You don't at all. I mean, we're all weird. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then you're terrible. You're boring. Or you're not being honest with yourself. Exactly. Whether it's because of your own pressure and judgment, your spouses, your family, your society, like community, all that stuff. There's a lot of things that bear down on people's decision to be um, fake or to be authentic. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily fault people for being fake because of all the things, but you can definitely tell. Exactly, exactly. But you can definitely tell the difference between people who have freed themselves Mm -hmm. from the facade that they think they need to keep up. Yeah. And the people who have let go and said, I'm just going to be me. You don't have to become a chameleon for the group of people you're around or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You can, you know, be who you want to be. So. Amongst your male friends, have you had conversations about anal play? Yeah, actually, I have. And I used to work like an extremely blue-collar job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I would always – I was like an advocate. Like, hey, you don't know until you know, man. And mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with I'm just a, a pretty big personality, and so I don't really care anyway. And if people make fun of me, I can usually give it a lot mm-hmm. better. But, um, yeah, I would always – I would, I mean – most dudes have had a finger in their butt. Like, let's be honest. And if you haven't, uh-huh. you're square. So, <laughs> I mean, what are they going to say? Just because I've had a bigger, <laughs> something bigger in my butt, you know? Or or even if I have fucked a dude, like, who cares? What are you going to say? Right? Like, who cares? It is yeah. what it is. Like, you know, it's all fun and games. 
which I also think everybody's gay a little bit. Uh, more people think, are bisexual f- than they. So it's a bell curve. Yeah, I don't most even people think fall in the middle. I don't even think it has to be bisexual though. I think like that does a disservice to people by saying you're this or that or the other. Like I think sexuality is like extremely fluid. Like, well, are you familiar with the Kinsey scale? Yeah, I watched that documentary. I think or the no, movie, it was like movie an HBO with Liam show. Neeson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think that if it feels good, I mean, and it's legal, obviously, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. Sane, safe, and consensual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, I like I like the Kinsey scale because I think it just it does show that fluidity. But I also think about it being multidimensional in that it is about what have you done, what are you currently doing, and what have you fantasized about or do you think about. You know, because there are times where people totally fantasize about something, but really they have no interest whatsoever in doing it. Um, They've done things in their past, but they're not interested in doing those things anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, or they've done things and they want to do it, but they're not currently doing it. So I think that a lot of those things can factor in. But I get what you're saying about everybody. And I'm sure everybody has fantasies they've never told a soul. Totally. Probably. Totally. And sometimes aren't even willing to admit to themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So do you think that you inspired anybody to actually give it a try? Like, did anyone come to you, like, pull you aside and be like, dude, okay, so. um." Um, Maybe. I, You know, I think, well, it was more along the lines of the eating ass thing, Uh for sure. Uh Uh-huh. I definitely know that I, because these young guys, they're like, oh, I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like. It's fine. And how are you going to have her do that to you if you won't do anything like that to her? Like, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. I'm, I think so. I'm definitely all about reciprocity. Yeah. Yeah. If you want something, if you want it to do something to your partner, like, you and dude should, should definitely get a have wax. It done get a Brazilian wax, guys. <laughs> I had a guy who, I've only, I have only eaten a guy's ass once. Um, cause it's the only one that re- like, there was another one that wanted it, but I just couldn't cause he was really hairy. Um, but when I came over, he was just like clean as could be. I was like, yeah, okay. I can get down with this. Mm-hmm. And then after the second time I was like, so did you like, wha- how did, how are you doing this? Are you shaving or did you go like wax real quick or what, what's going on? He's like, no, I shaved. I was like, you are a brave soul, man. Yeah. That's pretty good. You're a brave soul. And I've tried that. It was just, clean. Gotta, like it's hard work. I was shocked when he said that he shaved. And so. more places do the waxing thing everywhere mm-hmm. now for mm-hmm. men, so. Yeah. Waxing is amazing. Although when you're in the middle of it, you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah, especially and if then, you have nuts. Uh-huh. And then two days later, you're like, oh, this is why I do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way better. Um, there is a thing that I use. Anybody out there who waxes their genitals, there's this um, bikini bump blaster pads you can get at Ulta or at Sephora. Just like a quick wipe. It's kind of like, remember oxy pads when you were like mm-hmm. a teenager in the 90s? Like that and you just wipe real quick and it prevents razor burn or bumps from Actually, a lady, waxing. the lady that did the first time I ever did that gave me like a, th- a little like to-go pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you got to still take care of it afterwards it's not just like you're waxed and you're done there's mm-hmm. aftercare <laughs> exfoliation yes yes exactly exactly you do have to exfoliate and then like those pads help so um all right so you're open ish it happens more organically for you but in our pre-show talk you did mention about how you used to be a little bit of a womanizer yeah yeah. I, so uh, what lessons have you learned from your womanizer days to what not to be as a married dude who is seeking like sexual fulfillment outside of his relationship? So growing up, I think that it's kind of odd. I think that as a man, I had a single mom and, and things like that. I think that I had the wrong view of what made you a man, obviously, like a lot of young males. And one of those things that came very easy to me was always talking to girls or, you know, having a girlfriend, those sort of things. Well, it wasn't even about the sex. I feel for most guys who are like that player type, it was for me, like it's the hunt, it's the chase. Mm -hmm. And, and you kind of get addicted to that. And it was basically from the time I was like a 13 year old kid to, 
in my twenties is like as many and as much as you can get, you know, but it always just felt so empty after, you know, mm. you just, it almost, I almost felt worse after just like, you know, because mm. yeah. most of the time these people weren't people of any substance that I would want anything to do with. Mm-hmm. And then if they were, I was actually like hurting them, you mm-hmm. know, in a sense. So, uh, over the years, I just, I think I just realized that I didn't really like it. You know, I do like sex and that stuff, but I didn't like the meaningless sex anymore. You just mm-hmm. walk away feeling kind of dirty, I guess. In Sounds a like you kind of started feeling the, the energy behind it. And yeah. Realizing the, like it needed to be. I got right with more. myself a little more, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, like we said earlier, it's not about just the male orgasm. And, and even though, the, even the female orgasm, though, if there's a lie behind getting to either one, I mean, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about anal play and pegging and everything with Tim. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. And we're back. Okay, so again, I'm joined by Tim, who was so gracious in coming today to talk to me about anal play and pegging because a lot of men are afraid of it, and I'm wanting to break down some of those taboos and barriers. You know, as a married guy, that also leads to a conversation talking about if you're partner is not wanting to participate in something that you feel like you really want or need, then where does that conversation, you know, go? How does that conversation develop about, I have things that I want fulfilled. You don't want to do them. And here's how I feel like I want to navigate getting my fulfillment. That's a hard conversation, right? Yeah. And I don't know that it would ever be the same for any two people. I think Mm -hmm. you should probably know yourself really, really well. And I think so if you were going to pursue something like that outside of your relationship, you need to be prepared like to not fall in love Mm -hmm. at the first, you know, chick that bangs you. Right. (laughs) You know, because that's a thing. Like Mm -hmm. people, I've never had this connection before. Wow, this was so beautiful. And then you know, then you're, you know, you don't want to like leave your family just because a chick banged you. Yeah. (laughs) And at the same time, like you need to not like, you know, you can't be going and, you know, taking time away from your spouse, your kids or whatever it is to, you know, block off a weekend. So you go stay in, I don't know. It's just, you have to be very thoughtful and considerate of everyone involved. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even that partner's feelings as well, mm-hmm. so they yeah, understand exactly. that this is what it is. Yeah, uh, can't confuse like I, them. If you tease them at all with the relationship part, be ready for your whole world to like come shattering down. I've made oh, the yeah, mistake sure. years ago, and I realized I was in something way deeper than was just meant to be having drinks a couple times, you know. And next thing you know, like your wife will be getting a phone call from somebody letting them know, hey, this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody with hurt feelings can do do a lot of damage. That's the thing, yeah, yeah. And I, it was my fault. And here's the other part: it's not her fault for having hurt feelings. It's my fault for not being clear and you know setting up front, setting expectations. Mm-hmm. And that accountability is not always easy to have either. Yeah, and something that people who are in well, let's just put it under like ethical non monogamy. Like it's not like you are your wife is unaware. You know, she's not Ish. necessarily in the know. Yes. Right? And, and it's up to everyone how they structure it. So just under the blanket of ethical non-monogamy, mm-hmm. this is a conversation a lot of people have, have said can be hard because people either think that you are just a straight-up piece of shit, like you're a oh. liar, you know, you're a cheater, you're, a, you know, whatever. I brace myself um, for you to get feedback such as that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, and I guess you could say – cheating you know and that's okay here's the thing is i can live with that and that's what matters you know i'm not out there like chasing chicks and doing this and that going to bars or anything if it Mm -hmm. happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't um 
it's just, it is, it's life. I mean, life's not meant to be perfect or there's no right way to look at anything. You know, I mean, if I have sex with anyone and, and it's every, you know, me and that person, we're cool with it, then it's all good. Adults enjoying. And if I can't live with shit, you, like if I, if I, if I walk away from that though, and I'm going back home and I'm feeling that like stomach wrenching, like guilt and, and all that. I should probably not do it again. I should probably look at that and say to myself, like, mm, that's not for me. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to, like, go and, like, tell your spouse everything and, like, clear your conscience. Like, do that however you feel like doing it. But, like, first analyze and say, like, okay, why don't I feel guilty? Or why do I feel guilty? Or why can't I have this conversation? Mm -hmm. Or why is it so easy for me to just say I don't care? I'm going to go have sex. You know, whatever it is. I think that that's the biggest thing is like, what can you handle and live with? And, you know, mm-hmm. if it eats you up inside, don't do it. Right. Right. And especially if you get the sense off that other person, like, well, they may say that they understand my expectations. They understand my boundaries, but they were, you know, already showing that they, yeah, people can, you. people can get attached a little too quickly. Yeah. Well, and in like, it's inevitable if you have an ongoing sexual relationship and there is like a chemistry and there is like a friendship, there is going to be feelings. And that's okay too. I feel like I really do. I feel like that's okay. Uh, but you just have to constantly know the boundaries and how you feel and how they feel and, and communicate about it. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I had a couple long-term partners that finally after a while, I was like, what are we, what are we doing here? Are we going to date? Are we going to just keep fucking or like, you know, it's fine. I'm just checking in. My last one always wanted me to like towards after a while, like wanted me to stay the night. Mm. And I'm like, well, first off she had kids and I have a family and I'm like, no, I can't, you know, it was always like a test of whatever to see what I'd say more than if I would do it, I feel like, but I was like, no. And then it'd get all pissy and I would always you need to chill out. Like, yo, you need to chill out. You know out. what the rules are here. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. And I'm not trying to do the male like chauvinistic asshole thing by saying you need yo, you need to chill out, but like, yeah, you knew the deal. Like I'm not staying the night. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read any books or do you like have anything out there that you've looked at as you've tried to figure figure out how to deal with this situation? I would say no. Um, I've read a lot of like personal development books and I can say like, I just apply those. Mm -hmm. It's all the same, you know? So I just apply those to, you know, if I, if it's relatable. So like probably stuff about communication. Yeah. Like how would you talk if you have a business partner, you know, how would you negotiate this conversation and, and navigate your way through it? I guess negotiate may be the word, a wrong word. Navigate is probably mm-hmm. the better word. Um, but it, it, I think it does take that kind of openness and communication and, you know. But at the end of the day, you are still an individual. Like, if people like can't ever seem mm-hmm. to get that through their heads. is like, you are you. Your sex life is yours. Yeah. yeah Nobody like, else owns it. Yeah, like... Not it, even your spouse. If you your spouse doesn't have to know your porn history or vice versa or whatever. And that's fine. Like, you know, agreed. <laughs> I wouldn't want my partner to know my porn history. There's oh, no fucking idea. way that or I Google admit searches. that I watch some. I don't want to say deviant shit. It's not deviant. It's just like, I watch a wide array of yeah. intense porn. <laughs> yeah. The weirder, the better. <laughs> Uh, um, have you ever tried VR porn? No, I don't need that. Uh, I, try, I may actually, never my come very back first, to reality. <laughs> my very first episode was, was me trying like VR porn. That'd be um, pretty funny. It's interesting. I mean, because the, the, the quality of the camera, you I know, is quite... I have the worst quite... story ever for you, actually. Oh, please do tell. So this is like, this is total karma. So like any, any teenage kid, like my stepdad had like a porn drawer, you know, like yeah, the my VHS, right. And so I'm, I would like pop a VHS in or whatever. Nobody's home. Well, I pop one in and it was my parents. Oh no. Oh no. Literally the worst porn no. story ever. I mean, you could not have hit eject any faster. Was it not marked? <laughs> No. It, well, and yeah, you should have known, but they weren't all It's marked. a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. Yeah, it is what it is. 
So that was weird. Oh, man. I actually did porn. Yeah? It was like solo gay porn when I was 18. Yeah? That was interesting. Was that here or was it somewhere else? Yeah, it was here. (laughs) Yeah. So how does one get into that? I mean, like, did you get approached? Did you just like, okay, all right. So you're in a chat room and then someone was like, hey, yo, want to make some money? Well, my story is like really weird. So like I got sent away when I was 17. And so I was gone for like a year and I came home and like I was really, when you get sent away somewhere, like a jail type situation, you kind of come back institutionalized in a sense, like. You mm-hmm. don't really feel comfortable in society mm-hmm. right right off, or I didn't at least. And so, um, and I was young and it was just, it was just hard time. And mm-hmm. so I'd be in these chat rooms and you can just kind of like, whatever, chat away, you know? Well, and somehow that, uh, somebody asked me to, if I wanted to do some like nude modeling, I was like, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like six, four, I'm skinny and just long and gangly. So I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I did. And uh, it was weird. I kind of, I couldn't, I, it's, it's honestly one of my only regrets in life. I don't know if I regret it. Like I can't go on American Idol and I can't sing, but if I could, I could never go on American <laughs> Idol. And that's like always what I've thought. Like, fuck, I can't ever be like uh, famous. Not that I, I would mean, be or want to be. These days now, though, every, oh, yeah. every famous. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, but yes, I, yeah. Like that's something yeah. that if I if I. Uh, okay, but I want to know more about the specifics of this because this is fascinating to me. I just so did you did you show a, did you show up for a, what you thought was a modeling shoot and no, then no, you got I asked to do was. more? I knew what it was. Okay. Okay. You know, he like kind of laid out what I'd be doing and mm-hmm. uh, basically like I just like they had me like naked taking a shower mm-hmm. and then jerking off in one room jerking off in another room and that was about it but being a gay site the dude was pretty pushy like offering me money to do more stuff with him and yada yada mm-hmm. so so i i'm well aware of how like men are to females and the pushiness and like the the weird you know aggression mm-hmm. and then like getting mad when it doesn't work out mm-hmm. yeah so that was weird and I, I'm honestly not the type that feels like weird or dirty about like homosexual stuff, uh, but that the, like the forced kind of pushiness kind of made it feel that way after you know mm. after the fact. And when you're in the moment, my mom found out I did that too. Oh really? Yeah. Well, because the check stub. Oh. Said something. <laughs> I can't remember what it said. And then I tried to do it again, and it was it was a scam, and oh. it was a fake check. And my mom got a call from the bank. Cause like she was on my bank account or whatever. Uh-huh. I was 18. I was dumb. And yet she's like, uh, what is this check? <laughs> so that was cool. Oh man. Uh, that would be hard to look mom in the eye. But I, for a little I, while, I, was but... like, I was a troubled, troubled teen. So uh-huh. it wasn't like the worst call she's ever got at all, <laughs> but it wasn't great. <laughs> the worst call in the world. Well, okay. Yes, there's definitely worse things in the world a parent can get a call about than like, hey, there's this check and she figures out that it's for like some porn that you did. Yeah. Well, she's like, what is this? You know? And I just said, oh, they told me if I did like nude modeling, I'd get paid. And so I did it. And Mm -hmm. sorry. Now my boner's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I have said one of the things in life that has stopped me from doing porn is that my dad is an avid consumer of Mm -hmm. it. Um, I just don't want him to come across my stuff one day. Cause I, there was one time I was like watching this compilation video of the of girls with strap-ons actually. And I'm, I'm kind of like tuning out at that point. And then all of a sudden I hear, you know, the compilation switches to the next one. I hear this voice. I was like, that sounds familiar. It was my friend. There you go. <laughs> so I worry that that would happen. That it like, would happen I, for I, sure. I, it would just come up and yeah. Well that, and honestly, like it's never what you expect it's going to be. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're better off just if you're going to be in porn, just post your own porn shit. Maybe people will pay, but probably not. I have a friend who was on here that did like cam girl work and she would do um, like orders, basically. Yeah, Someone the, would, you uh, know, special requests book. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fetish requests are big ones, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. See, maybe if I did fetish requests, it, I would not have as much of a chance of my dad seeing it because... He's not in, I don't know that he's into that kind yeah. of stuff. I think he just likes old you know, school, old school, good old just, fashioned porn. Yep. He likes his, he likes his 
Playboy and like I don't know what he watches beyond that. Like I did have a time where I walked into their closet and there was like a stack of DVDs and I knew what they <clears> were, but I didn't like get in close and look to see. I'm a snooper. I yeah. would have been in. I would have been like, what is this? I was totally a snooper. I mean, I found stuff from, from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Was there stuff in your parents' house? My mom's been married like five times, so um, most of like most of my younger childhood, there was nobody there besides my mom. But then my stepdad, uh, when I was in middle school, that's that's all I would have found. But my friends, we'd always snoop through my friends' dads porn mags you know mm-hmm. and for what like i remember my first playboy was latoya jackson i don't know why this dude had like <laughs> everyone hundreds. remembers their first playboy i remember my first playboy yeah he had so many magazines and for whatever reason i took latoya jackson i don't know why that was the one <laughs> i think mine was the 30th anniversary edition um or something like that yeah i think it was because it was my uncle's, and it would, had obviously been around for a while. And it was, I, like, a compilation of all these famous people who The articles are it. actually really good. In you know what? My friends, my roommates, my male roommates in college got Playboy, and I would actually read it. Yeah, they're actually better they're than most really, magazines. Yeah, like, um, yeah, actually decent journalism and good quality writing. Yeah. And the cartoons are funny, too. And then Naked Chicks. Yeah. Top it off. Yeah, I'd just be sitting on the couch reading Playboy, and the guys would come in like, no big deal. Yeah. The person's just reading a Playboy. <laughs> I think that's how it should be, though. Yeah. I really do. So a sidebar to the um, pegging, uh-huh. I can, like, so my last situation, well, actually, like I said, the only time i actually been pegged, the other times it was toys, and I mm-hmm. think, yeah, it was the only time it was ever a strap-on. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, it will like progress into more than just that too. I think it, that's just how I am, you know. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, but it will. I mean, it's fun. It's awesome. But this chick like bought me. There's like male, female panties, mm-hmm. and like that was a, a step. That was actually pretty hot. A pretty good turn. You know what I mean? A next step, I guess. Because mm-hmm. like they, it does feel better than men's underwear. You know. Mm-hmm. Than just dude underwear. So you got like the silky, lacy stuff. Uh-huh. Being open-minded and trying new be. stuff is I mean, just... if you don't, what are you, gonna, what are you doing? I feel like that's how... Every, I wish everyone in the world was like that. But that's what I'm here to, to try to do, to expose people to, uh, to new ideas and new horizon things they didn't even know that they you know, might be interested in. I never thought I'd like to be spanked, ever, right? Mm-hmm. Ever, ever, ever did I ever think I would be into that. And... Um, this one chick somehow like I don't even know how we got into the situation we were in and uh it turned into like me I was like face down Mm -hmm. or whatever and you couldn't you know I couldn't tell what was gonna happen next type of thing and like light touching and then spanks and then pulling on my stuff and it was very you know the sensory deprivation type stuff and you don't know what's happening it was super intense but I don't know that I've I hadn't had it in that moment with that person the way that it was had I ever, I don't think I would have enjoyed it, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't ever know until it happens. Oh, totally. You don't. I, I have a partner that likes what you just described where I, beat I have, t- I have tied him up and beat the shit out of him. Absolutely. And I didn't know that I would like doing that to somebody until I did it. I don't necessarily want it with other partners. It just is a good yeah and that's the thing like you don't know the 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 um it's our dynamic yeah like it it fits for our the chemistry you have with somebody isn't the same with the next person exactly exactly um he's incredibly submissive and i had never participated in something where i was straight up the dominant like Mm -hmm. i'm a switch and i've you know been dominated and I enjoy dominating but this was like I am in charge mm-hmm. and I had never done anything like that before and after the second time I was like oh <laughs> I like this yeah of course <laughs> I feel like the same way like it does well I think I don't know how anybody could say they're not a switch I mean to me some people aren't I know but yeah. I used to see on those fet life type stuff the men who would just be like you're gonna call me sir and da 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 it's like get out of here cornball like 
you know, I mean, dude, who do you think you are? Stop. Yeah, but some women, but some want, people love some it. women want somebody that they just I like know. relinquish all control and to dudes, and call them sir or daddy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just don't want one thing all the time. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. It's like you like, like that, steak, that might be but do situational. You want to eat it every like day? exactly situationally, yeah. Sometimes I want someone's gonna smack my ass and I'm gonna call, you know say thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times, like I, they're gonna you thank know. you exactly. Yes, and that's the best dynamic. <laughs> thank you, mistress, at the end, <laughs> or even just yeah. Um, I do like variety. I like a lot of variety. When people ask me what I like, I'm like, I don't know where to start. What don't I like? Can I tell you more about what I don't like? Because that's a shorter list. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Here's the quiz. You fill this out and I'll send you my copy of my answers yeah. when I'm done. <laughs> there is actually a, um, a yes, no, maybe list. I talk about it a lot on my show and I tell my guests about it. Uh, it's on scarletteen.com is I think the most accessible one, but it's like eight pages long. Uh, and there's a lot of things and it, and it goes back and forth and part of it's about consent. Part of it's about, uh, I mean, it'll strip ass like urinating on your partner, being urinated on by your partner, choking your partner, being choked, like it goes back and forth. Um, but it goes into a lot of stuff. I have peed on a chick before too, which I didn't get it. More of my friends are into water sport, water play. Water I mean, sport I, I mean really it was, I mean, uh, I was then like I coked out of my mind when I was 22. <laughs> and it was like a bender at a, at a freaking. Did casino. she ask for it or just, you just I did mean, it? Just like, oh, I didn't just do it. No, like we got up and went to the shower oh, okay. area. But it's like, that was, you know, whatever. Partners Could who. I've not done it to a partner, but I've had partners that have said like they've done it before. And I have asked them about their experience having it done to them. Um, That it was, it is about a, just a power dynamic. It's a power exchange. I was a bedwetter. So it's like traumatic. (laughs) I went to bed till I was like 10 years old. So like my biggest fear in the world of everybody finding out I peed the bed. Yeah, it was horrible. I overheard my older sister telling her friend that, the reason I was sleeping in my mom's room because I peed the bed. Oh, I wanted to kill her. She's like seven years older than me. And like, I don't know, I was probably like 10, nine or 10. And I was like, you bitch. Like, oh, uh, I remember to that this day. Like that's how traumatic. embarrassment for kids to be a bedwetter. Yeah. And I was like the biggest boy in school. So it's like, oh, pee the bed. I had like the rubber bed sheet. Oh. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, well, sounds like you outgrew it. I mean, there's... hope so. <laughs> Lord got... willing. The only times that I have been urinated on as an adult were not in a sexual situation. It was because my boyfriend was an alcoholic and yeah, he drank out. too much and pissed on me. And when he, yeah, fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of ended that relationship. Yeah, that'll so. do it. Because there was no consent. There was, I didn't ask for it. I didn't say yes. Yeah. <laughs> just woke up and was like, the fuck? Why yeah, am I wet? Yeah, come on, man. Dude. Mm. Anyway, so maybe I'll try it one day with no. a consensual situation. I mean, Actually, I went to Hump Fest. Dan Savage's Hump Fest is a film festival where people can submit like just five minute long short films. And the funniest one that stood out to me was actually a, a short musical about getting peed on. Like this guy was in a, a gay bar, a leather bar, trying to get somebody to like piss on him. In the bar? Yeah. Or just home? Just like in the trough. Like, in, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it was basically because it's, you know, quick. It wasn't yeah. trying to like switch locations. That's intense. But it was a musical and That'd it was hilarious. <laughs> hey, again, try, yeah, if you try like everything it, once. More power to you. Try everything once. See if you enjoy it. And there is somebody out there for you. Like, oh, absolutely. There's a million other people that like the same weird shit you do. Absolutely. And so on that yes, no, maybe list, if you try this with anybody or anybody listening out there that wants to try it, I say, when you look at the maybes, talk to your partner about, okay, what would make it a yes and what would make it a no? So, like, if you wanted to get peed on or pee on somebody or peg or get pegged, what would make it a yes? You know, would it be, like, we need to start off with some small dilators first and or fingers and work our way up to, like, an actual dildo or a strap-on? Um you know, mm-hmm. does it need to be like I've had a couple of drinks and then we get in the shower and or like a fantasy role <laughs> and then I've got to like be able situation. to like yes yes um, figure it out. So, but be open and talk to your partner and again figure out your parameters 
of how to make your sexuality work for you. And sometimes it doesn't mean that that's within the parameters of your relationship. And you might walk away feeling like disgusted with yourself for a second, but just it'll be okay. Like, or, or maybe not disgusted is the right word. You just be like, damn, that was, that was crazy. That was weird. You know, like after it's done, you're like, huh, I guess I did the, that. The first time, I think, especially for people that go outside of their relationship, outside of what had been a monogamous relationship to find sexual fulfillment. But yeah, there can be a lot of those feelings of shame or that was weird or, you know, especially if you've been sharing your sexual energy with just one person for a long time and then it's somebody new and yeah, it's navigating all that differentness. And um, I've been through, like, I've been through a lot of shit in my life. Like, you know, I got sent, I was on house arrest for my mom's wedding. You know, I was from the time I was 14 to 18, I was in and out of jail, all those things. And so disappointing people, <laughs> not new to me, one, but at the same time, like, you know, I started to learn and grow up and, and those sort of things. But like addiction was a big part of my twenties, uh, big, big part. I had, I had done drugs and alcohol since I was 12 years old to mm -hmm. 28 and I have, I've been sober seven years, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, if you're just like living that vanilla lifestyle where everything's hunky dory and, and you know, you guys have the best family on the block. Well, yeah, if you go and for the first time ever in your life, go, you know, have sex outside of your relationship, you're probably going to feel like shit. Whereas like, mm -hmm. I, and I'm not even using an excuse, but I just, I've ha I've been forced to do the, you know, self evaluations to understand what's okay with me and what isn't, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's it. And that's what's important Yeah, is that if you choose this path, you have to do that work. You have to do that reflection and you have to be honest with yourself about like there can be consequences or, you know, you've got to be careful in these areas. Like you've got to again, have a plan, set your expectations and understand like you're going to go through a lot of different mm -hmm. shit. Sometimes that shit's out of your control. Yeah, and if you feel like you're, like, catching too many feelings outside of that, then you should probably stop it, mm -hmm. you know, because it's – I almost, like, left my marriage a couple years ago, and it was the girl that I thought was, like, the one years ago before this when I was a teenager. You know, she had moved away, mm -hmm. and, and then whatever, it never worked out. And then, you know, at first things were just like, whoa, like, super intense, like – feelings and all this and then as time went on though and I really got to know her as an adult you know I'm like I don't think so mm -hmm. super smart person all those things but like never dealt with a piece of uh, of her like issues internally ever hasn't done the work has never done a single piece of like would rather you know nap all day and watch Netflix if she's not at her job than actually reflect and deal and you know go through it mm -hmm. and it's just like I don't want to do that, you know, and, it, but thank God, thank God I didn't leave, like go off that first gut feeling. Cause that first gut feeling, I even like talked to my mom about it. Like, I can't, you know, I can't believe how I feel like this. I think this is the, the right move. And you know, my mom was like, you might want to like hold your horses. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God for having somebody in my life. I can talk about that stuff with mm -hmm. and not judge me to be like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And knowing that, hey, no matter what I do, somebody's got my back. That's a huge thing too. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's like a crazy deal. You never know what can happen. Yeah, this is very true. This is very true. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. So, uh, but we are uh, running along here. So let's let's do your tarot reading here real quick. I just want you to cut that into three piles for me. Okay, this is my erotic tarot deck, so they're beautiful cards. Go ahead and flip that top one there for me. Oh. Hmm. It's a male ass. Five of air. It's funny we're talking about pegging. You got an ass. Yeah. Describe for the listeners what you see there. Well, actually, it's not a male ass. It's, it's somebody's ass. It's a female. But a guy's reaching for it. Oh, I see it now. I see, yeah, somebody's standing there and... Her ass is out. Mm-hmm. The wind is blowing her skirt up. Some butterflies flying. It's like the fall, and there's she's, she's in, in, a, a in a field. 
and there's a hand to her left that's like reaching up at the hem of her dress that's flying up in the air and her hair is flying. Well, the air suit is about seduction. Um, this suit corresponds to the suit of swords. It's the sense of smell and the sphere of dialectics in the mind. Air governs intelligence and what is rational and also controls the game of seduction and courtship. Now the five, um, fives are about exile, defeat, lack of dignity, obstacles which get in the way or regret. Uh, it's about the need to love with detachment and to face economic questions in a scientific and calculating manner. You kind of talked about that a little bit. You are out experiencing these things on your own and yeah. sort of exile from the relationship. Um, well, and I also I wouldn't say like, it's a lack of dignity. If I do things, it's not like I'm doing them out like at a bar with my boys, you know, like literally it's just my business. And you're enjoying sex without attachment. Yeah. Talking about that detachment. But at the same time, getting to know the person mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yes. Well, and also the in part talking about how like you're you're doing this in a way that is not it is not like you are taking some sugar baby on a ski trip, yeah. you know, and having a wild weekend at the you know detriment of your family and your business, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, these things just kind of are, are happening, like you say, organically. If you meet someone that you connect with who um, wants to enjoy a good sexual connection and and beyond that isn't looking to you know fuck with your world, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. And I have to you know if that person's done and they want to be done, I can't be that like I, I feel like the typical uh, type of dude that cheats on his spouse that you know wants to like pigeonhole that other person and not let them do anything and, mm-hmm. and whatever control the mistress. It's role. literally not about that for mistress. me. It's mm-hmm. not about that in the slightest for me. Like it's just, Hey, sex is cool. If we have it, we have it. If we don't, we don't, but if we have it, I want it to be awesome. You yeah. know, yeah. that's it. Thank you so much for coming on and having an honest conversation about sex and your sex life and butt stuff. Butt stuff. Yes. I think that there's going to be some listeners that are definitely going to learn some things from this episode. Yeah, don't be scared. That's right. Start small. That's right. That's right. And lube. Lube. Okay, can I get your favorite lube recommendations before we leave here? Well, I'm kind of a veteran, but (laughs) I mean, lube is better, and I actually don't really know. There's like this one, it's in a black bottle. Wicked. Like, didn't burn. Often in a black bottle bottle mm-hmm. there's some of them that'll burn mm-hmm. and uh but spit is better than a lot of lube no really like yeah well i mean for a finger or like yeah. certain size but toys, i mean like but yeah not if like you're gonna be sitting on... having like a full pound session then yeah it, no yeah, no but like uh, have you ever tried uber lube i don't probably not <gasps> Okay, so I applied to start getting some samples from them because they'll send them to, like, doctor's offices. A pelvic floor therapist I had on my show actually brought me a sample. So I'm apparently now on their mailing list for their samples. So when I get some sample bottles, I'll get you a bottle Thanks. of Uber Lube. <laughs> Uber Lube. And they apparently have these little travel bottles that you can get on their website that are refillable. So you just, like, unscrew it, put more lube in it, and then you can put it in your pocket, take travel it with lube. you. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Yes. pretty good but even the the bottle i have is like a 1.9 ounce bottle it's pretty small but did you I, know I usually that take it wherever i go I, I i don't remember what i heard it on a podcast but they were talking about like the weird things people do in hotel rooms when they get in there and like people do some weird weird masturbation stuff in oh, hotel sure. rooms like dudes like talking about well chick talking about using the remote Ew. just for the sake of like the other person touching it next time no gross oh god i know people are weird anyway god people are yes no no like maybe they were lying I'm just so to, like, ocd sound. about like bodily fluids and yeah mm. other people's unwanted <laughs> i know that's why sometimes i have a problem with watching porn because especially they go from anal to oral i'm like Bleh. no don't do that you're I, gonna get sick stop I, stop I, I had to turn it off had somebody working for me or like with us that she couldn't understand that her and her husband weren't supposed to be going back and forth. There's like a 30 year old woman. And I'm like, oh. you can't do that. And she's like, yeah, she's like, this is the fourth time I've had an infection. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're going to die. 
I, I had a friend who who was in her forties and I'm didn't like, know. I was like, oh, just honey, get a wet wipe, honey. Or something, shower, get something, a do something. Clock. Keep a towel next Finish to you. Finish with the butt part. Something. The last time that I we were going back and forth was he was like, okay, I'm gonna go shower real quick, and then he came back in and we finished up Vagiline. Yeah, it's okay. He was also in the medical field, so he knew, and I was like, thank you. What's common sense? Well. We would think it's there's a reason I have a job. True. There's a reason that I exist, and trust me, there's unfortunately a lot of people out there who don't understand. I mean, even in I've had personal experience where guys, I'm like, no, you save that finger for one thing only, yeah. like, and wash your damn hands. Now, God, it drives me crazy when people don't wash their hands before we start get going like i have to tell people um so go to the bathroom wash your hands real quick and then we can get started but sometimes they'll come out of the bathroom and then they're like fucking with their phone i'm like you just defeated the purpose go wash your hands again well yeah i'm not that big of a germaphobe i mm, if you are putting your hands inside of a vagina they yeah. need to go from wash with soap and water straight to the vagina no phone no don't touch nothing no oh, yeah. doorknobs <laughs> yeah i get it our vaginas are sensitive. They're resilient, though. <laughs> They'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. Or we might need to get some antibiotics. But I'm saying, please wash your fucking hands. So anyway, again, Tim, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called The Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.